This podcast is brought to you by The Empowerment Project. Research proves that empowerment self-defense training makes you safer, period. I want you to have a great self-defense toolkit so you can create strong boundaries, speak with confidence, and take up all the space that you deserve in the world. We'll hear stories from survivors and find out what worked for them and why. We'll interview leaders in the field and talk about tips, concepts, and really easy things that you could do to make yourself safer and interrupt the cycle of violence. I've taught self-defense classes for over 30 years, and I promise to teach you everything I know. Ultimately, I'm going to want you to get some in-person training, but a great empowerment self-defense class is more than just the physical skills. The list of things I want to teach you is endless, so let's get to it. My name is Sylvia Smart, and welcome to The Empowerment Project. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the continuum of sexual assault and violence. I mentioned it in the last episode, right toward the end. I'm going to talk about why it's important and then illustrate what I mean with a couple of self-defense success stories. Using this continuum is a way of looking at perpetrator behaviors, identifying them, breaking them down, picking them apart, really on a scale of intensity. This will give us a common language and a vocabulary we can use during our time together. We're going to be looking at various scenarios and hearing lots of success stories, and we can start to place them on the spectrum and see where they land. As we build up your toolkit, We'll identify tools that work especially well on the lower end of the spectrum, some that are key on the farther end, and a bunch of stuff in between. By the way, speaking of toolkits, you already have a toolkit. Lots of times when I teach self-defense, I feel like I'm just helping you identify the stuff you already know have already experienced, have already tried, have already used successfully, and that's just a fact. Back to the continuum, but first, clearly, as you can tell, I think it's important to talk about this continuum, but I want you to know why. This podcast is about transforming fear into empowerment. Talking about these behaviors together, you and I, looking at this continuum, it means we can keep our head out of the sand, and that actually keeps us safer. Identifying behaviors means we're intentionally shifting our perspective. We're moving our gaze from our own fear, which can be limiting at best and paralyzing at worst, and we're focusing our eyes outside ourselves on this external continuum this quantifiable method of looking at behaviors, at someone else's actions. I want to take some of the magic and mystical power out of these behaviors, because when we talk about these together through this continuum, you'll see how common these behaviors are. They're nothing new. There aren't any secrets here. A behavior is a behavior. Let's just call it out. We talk about healing as part of self-defense, and looking at this continuum is also part of that healing process. What I mean by that is we've all experienced these things, at least some of them, but we don't always talk about it. In fact, lots of times we turn our lived experiences inward and we cover it up with shame. So 
We're turning that on its head. We're talking about this stuff. We're looking at it squarely. And that can help us move from shame and really self-hatred into acceptance and self-love into empowerment. And one last thing, we're building trust with ourselves. You've seen these behaviors. You felt your body reacting to these behaviors. You have, I have, we all have. And we've been told that we're overreacting. We're being dramatic. We're being bitchy, nagging. We're misinterpreting. We're misunderstanding. And when together we can really talk about these behaviors on this continuum and see them for what they are wrong, you can keep building trust with yourself. Your body knows what it's experiencing. Your body knows what it has experienced, what it's feeling. We know this stuff in the deepest parts of our being. We're going to talk about this a lot, but let's keep going. Okay. To show you how this continuum works, I'm going to tell you a couple of self-defense success stories, and then we can take a look and see how and where those stories land on the spectrum and use them as an example. The first story I want to tell you happened at one of my corporate gigs. I was teaching self-defense to a bunch of real estate folks. They're often in and on properties all alone with people they don't know, sometimes in isolated places and at all hours of the day and night. When you stop to think about it, this is not a bad plan for their company's safety team to provide this self-defense training, right? Um, so there we were. We were at my school. I'm standing there. I'm welcoming everyone in. I'm having a chat with this one guy in particular. When another guy walks in and he buddies up to the first guy, he totally interrupts our conversation, completely ignores me, and acts like I'm not even there. This happens all the time, right? Nothing new. But then, as if that isn't enough, he goes on to tell the first guy a sexist joke right in front of me. There I am, and there he is, and there it is. Sexist joke, in my face, bam. The second story I want to tell you is about Pi Bateman. Who is she? Pi Bateman is the author of a self-defense manual called Fear Into Anger which was published way back when in 1978. She started the Feminist Karate Union in Seattle, Washington in 1971, and she taught self-defense and martial arts for nearly two decades. In May of 1984, she was walking up the back stairway to her apartment when she was attacked by a man with a knife. He grabbed her hair, and he immediately started cutting around her eyes. His intent was to kill her. If we're looking at the continuum, you can see that these two stories land on either end of this spectrum. On the one end, we have stuff like ignoring, interruptions, and jokes that are meant to put down a population of people, like sexist jokes, homophobic jokes, etc., etc., etc. The list goes on. But then at the other end of the continuum, we have the super scary stuff, like the stuff that Pi had to deal with. Don't worry, I'm going to tell you how these stories turn out later, I promise. But first, um, a little trigger warning, because we're going to be looking here at this darker side of humanity. It's this really awful, horrible stuff. We're going to do it together. 
but I really want you to keep breathing. Some of these things may have happened to you. For sure, I've experienced a bunch. Just keep breathing and know that you're not alone. You're right here with me. We're right here together. If it's too much, just stop listening. Go do something outside. Go call a friend. Do some meditation to calm yourself down. Go for a run. Come back when you're ready or skip the rest of this podcast. You have my permission to take care of yourself however you need to do that. If you can, stay with me. Remember, any of this stuff that ever happened to you was not your fault. Remember, the fault, the blame, that lies in the hands and at the feet of the perpetrator, period. Remember, there's no victim blaming here, not ever. Okay, take a deep breath. The continuum starts at one end with inappropriate comments, catcalls, maybe a handshake that lasts just a little too long, maybe looking at your breasts instead of at your eyes, ignoring you, pretending not to hear you, interrupting you, man-spreading, as if the space is not yours. And the continuum keeps moving. For example, acting too familiar, telling jokes, quote, sometimes with the intent to see how you react. Rude comments, things like standing too close, objectifying women's bodies or your body, and it continues. Asking too many personal questions, inappropriate touching, like a touch that lingers too long or is too close to a private area and it just feels creepy and it keeps going, like hugging too long or too tight putting an unwanted arm around your shoulder or on your knee, holding your hand too long, putting you down with snarky jokes. Does any of this start to feel familiar, like things that you might have experienced in the past? Stay with me if you can, and remember to keep breathing because it's going to start to get a little more intense here. On the spectrum, we're going to continue to move on down the way, and then there's stuff like leering, staring at you, demanding to know who you're talking to on the phone, who you were with, ignoring you when you say no, not taking no for an answer or overriding your no, telling you that you're overreacting or being dramatic, also buying you things, making you feel indebted, big things, spending money on you. You can see where we're headed here. We're still making our way down the intensity level of the continuum. So keep breathing. But now we're talking about things like controlling. Controlling who you can see, who you talk to, who you hang out with. There's the slip of the hand, the hand that touches your breast, your butt, or your groin. Oh, by accident. You're at your doctor's and they're doing a breast exam and it just takes way too long. It feels kind of creepy. You're with your coach. They're taping you up. Their hands linger, maybe too long, maybe too close to your groin. Your uncle is holding you down and tickling you, quote, right? Long past when you ask him to stop. Long past when you're having a hard time breathing. Your minister 
is laying hands on you in a healing ritual, but is touching your breast, your groin, your butt. These are things that happen. Take a deep breath. We're going to keep moving our way down the spectrum. So now we're moving into manipulation. For example, telling you, if you don't go out with me, I'm going to kill myself. Coercion, threats. If you do or don't do this, I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to hurt your family. I'm going to hurt someone that you love. Grabbing you too tight, too long. They're raising their voice. When you object to any of the things that I've mentioned so far, they tell you you're delusional, you're making things up, you're sick, you're perverted. In other words, making you the problem, you're to blame. Remember, that is not true. No victim blaming. The blame lies squarely in the hands of the perpetrator. It always has and it always will. They want you, they want me, they want us to be the ones who feel ashamed because this is an excellent way to control us. Take a deep breath. The shame keeps us from talking about it with other people, from reporting them, from reporting what's happening, from getting help. It's always okay to talk about this stuff. It's important to talk about this stuff. It's important to find safe people we can talk about it with. We're not quite done. There's just a little more to go. So take a deep breath. Stay with me. We're going to go down towards the really ugly end of the spectrum, like uglier than we've seen yet. We're talking about someone yelling at you, slapping you, throwing things or throwing things at you or throwing you. We're talking about getting grabbed, getting your hair pulled out. We're talking about shoving and pushing, and then we continue down the spectrum to choking, punching, hitting, guns, knives, multiple assailants, maiming, rape, torture, murder. This stuff is hard to hear. It's awful to talk about. I want to take a moment and acknowledge that and make sure you're still right here with me. Do this with me, okay? Put one hand on your heart, put one hand on your belly, and take a deep breath in. A nice big breath out. And feel the breath. Do it again. Feel the breath flowing in through your nostrils, at the back of your throat, going into your lungs. Feel your belly move as you inhale, your belly move as you exhale. One more time, big breath in, big breath out. Good. Folks, this is ugly. This is the darker side of humanity that we're talking about, but we're done with it for now. We're done with the continuum. Now you know it. Now you know what I was talking about. We can move on. By the way, these examples that I mentioned, they're by no means exhaustive. And the behaviors themselves can move around on the continuum depending on the intention and the intensity. So what do I mean by that? So here's an example. Someone could shake your hand, hold on to it too long or too tight, and have a malicious intent designed to scare you or even threaten you. But someone else might do the exact same thing and just be a dumbass. They might be completely clueless about how this might feel to you, how it might affect you. 
So it's the same behavior, but it could fall in different places on the continuum depending on how it feels to you and what your gut is telling you and the clues that you're getting. Anyway, I think you get the idea. When most people think about self-defense, they normally think about what happens on the farther, more intense end of the spectrum. The fighting, the hitting, the kicking, the striking. I've even heard people say they don't want their daughter, their wife, their partner to take a self-defense class because it's too violent. Okay, I call BS on that right now. We can talk more about it later, though, because right now I wanted to say in a good empowerment self-defense class, you are going to learn how to kick, how to hit, how to knock someone out. Honestly, that is also the most fun part of any self-defense class. It's cathartic, it's empowering, and paradigm shifting. You're yelling, you're hitting stuff, and you're feeling how incredibly strong you are. So yes, this is a crucial component of a self-defense class. It doesn't mean you're being trained to be violent. What it means is you're learning how to protect yourself. Aside from the physical skills, and equally importantly, an empowerment self-defense program is going to address the behaviors at the lower end of this continuum because, and listen to me here, this is where it all starts. This is where your self-defense toolkit begins. This is where we have the most opportunity for preventing and for interruption. This, this lower end of the spectrum, this lower end of the continuum, is where we can affect and shift that balance of power. So this, addressing these behaviors, the ones at the lower end of the spectrum, this is really important stuff too. It's just about time to wrap up, but wait, I have to finish telling you the rest of the stories. Remember the story I told you at the beginning, the guy who ignored me, interrupted a conversation I was having, and told a sexist joke? Well, here's what happened next. I looked him in the eye and said, that's a sexist joke. It's not funny. This is a safe space. Sexist jokes are not allowed in my school. And then... I let there be an awkward silence, and I didn't back down. And what do you know? He sat there during that workshop listening as his female coworkers talked about how frightening it is to show a property, how scared they are to do that alone. He heard them talk about this complex system that they've had to create that they use to keep one another safe. And then as the group started to feel safer with one another, he sat there and he witnessed several of his coworkers disclose their histories of sexual assault and domestic violence. At the end of that workshop during the feedback portion, he told everyone about that joke and how he'd just been pissed that he had to come to this workshop because he didn't want to. He said he was so glad he came, that now he understood how important it was to have this safe space. And he vowed in front of all 30 of his coworkers to pay attention, to be more aware, and to help make things different in any way that he could going forward. Now, that was a transformation. But what happened to Pi Bateman, 
Remember her? Here we are at the opposite end. It's super physical. It's super violent. This guy is trying to maim and kill her. There she is on her porch with a man yanking at her hair, his knife digging into her face around her eyes. So what happens next? He forces her to take him all the way up the stairs to her apartment. And when they get into her apartment, the level of his violence escalates. Pi is now fighting for her life. Very quickly, she realizes that she also has to escalate her physical response, and she did. So she did things like knock the knife out of his hand, knee him in the groin to double him over, and hit him and pummel him any way that she could over and over and over and over again for a half hour. He outweighed her by 90 pounds. So after this half hour of hardcore fighting, a friend of hers stopped by, and Pi believes that this saved her life because the attacker ran. The good news is emergency services was able to come right away. They got her to a hospital, and she got excellent care. She, yes, sustained numerous injuries, but her vision returned to normal fairly quickly, and she lived to tell this terrible tale. She describes how her years of training, martial arts, and self-defense helped her. It helped her keep a calm mind. And once she realized what was actually happening, once she wasn't in denial anymore, she said she didn't feel afraid. She describes this fierce determination to make it out of the situation alive no matter what. She's very humble, and she doesn't brag. But she has expressed her gratitude very clearly for all of her training, and she sees herself as a survivor, not a victim, as a survivor. All things considered, she rocked the house. Back to your toolkit. In the story that I told you about me, I used verbal self-defense at that lower end of the spectrum, and there are tons of different ways that you can use your words. In this case, I called it out. I said, you told a sexist joke, right? And then I criticized it. I said, it's not funny. And then I went on to the next piece, which is kind of laying the foundation. This is a safe space. Sexist jokes are not allowed here. Done. And then I didn't giggle. I didn't look away. I didn't make a silly face or do anything to undermine my own words. And this is a really important part of self-defense. I let there be an awkward silence. I let him be the one that felt awkward. And I was totally fine with it. Meanwhile, down on the other end of the spectrum, Pi kicked ass and fought like hell. I want that in your toolkit. And we'll, I will continue to say to you, I want those physical skills in your toolkit. I want you to learn how to hit, learn how to strike, learn how to kick, feel the power, do the stuff, do that work, because it's fun, it's cathartic, it's empowering, and it's awesome. Next week. I look forward to telling you some more self-defense success stories as we build your toolkit. It's affirmation time. 
This is how I end every self-defense class. It's kind of cheesy, but it's very cool, and this is how it works. We're going to do like a little call and response. If you can say this out loud, if you can repeat after me, do it, because it's important, I think, for you to hear your own voice. But if you can't, like if you're on a crowded subway or someplace where it's embarrassing, don't worry. You can also just say it inside your head. Okay, so I'm going to say something and you're going to repeat it after me. I'm going to give you space to do that. And at the end, we're going to say yes. Here we go. Repeat after me. I am worth protecting. I love myself. I belong. I deserve to take up space on planet Earth. I am a strong and powerful person. Yes! Woohoo! And hey, as a wrap up, will you do me a favor? Will you do all the things that you do when there's a podcast? Like, will you tell your friends? Will you subscribe? Will you come back each week, communicate with me, review this podcast? Like, all those things to help get more bandwidth, help more people find out about it. That would be super awesome. Take a deep breath. You are amazing. Thank you for being with me. See you next time.